It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Hey, uh, first Sunday of the month, so we love to celebrate what God's doing around the world electronically from here. So, you know, when we gather here on a Sunday, all that we see isn't all that there is, thanks to new technology. And even right now, uh, we have our online experience happening 10 a.m. So right now, we've got people joining us around the world, here in Perth, etc., on Facebook and YouTube, which is great. And again, at 5 p.m. every Sunday. Um, we also have our podcast. And so that goes out, the message from this uh, live experience goes out around the world. Um, shout out to a few countries this week. Belgium, because as we all know here in Perth, this week is the Tour of Flanders. Thank you, Tim. Tim, Tim, I like Tim. The rest of you, not so much. But anyway, Belgian people know what I'm talking about. Uh, shout out to the Netherlands, fellow cycling uh, fan uh, country, and we'll give a shout out to Nigeria. So uh, joining us. So how about we welcome our podcast peeps this morning. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Africa is not a country. Now, this is our annual financial series. Every year we teach on financial management, looking at it from the perspective of what God has to say about how we can and best manage the money, the finances that He's entrusted to us. How do we take the 100% of what God puts in our hand and manage it in a way that He instructs us to? And the promise is that if we do, if we manage the 100% according to His principles, that that in and of itself will point us in the direction of financial freedom. And we've put some words to this and we, we teach this every single year that our best understanding of the biblical approach to financial management is, and in this order, give, save, live. And in fact, last week we, we put some, some numbers or some percentages to that, that, that God instructs us to bring to Him the first 10% of what He entrusts that the, the, next, the wise thing to do next is to take the second 10% and actually pay yourself, save, don't spend that, and then learn to live off the 80%. So we've taught that week one, two weeks ago, give, last week, save. Today I wanna teach on this whole area of live. Now, of course, of course if you missed the first two weeks, and here's the thing, this message series mirrors the pattern, give, save, live. So if, for those of you joining us for the first time today, if you've missed uh, or if you've uh, been uh, isolating at home for whatever reasons, uh, go back and listen to them because this message today only really makes sense in light of the first two weeks to have a broader, uh, more complete understanding of what God has to say about how we manage the finances that He entrusts us with. Now, last week, I pointed out a very common pattern that too many people live by, which is represented in this graph here, that too many people uh, spend everything they earn. That if you graph their income and whether that income goes up over time, which in many people's uh, working life it does, that people just tend to ratchet their spending or hitch their spending 
uh, with their income and having no margin, no savings, no reserves. You know, they're thinking, oh, I, money's tight for me all the time. I'm stressed and I'm worried and, and I'm anxious about money. If only I could just, you know, earn a bit more, then I wouldn't be so stressed and anxious. And then, you know, maybe a pay rise comes or a promotion or a change of careers or business opportunity. And, and they're like, and then, they, and then those people bump up their spending and it's like, oh, Stress is still the same as it was. It seems like nothing has improved. So this is super common. Now, <laughs> there's another super common mistake, which is actually a little bit worse. I mean, this is bad enough, but a little bit worse. And it, it looks like this on the graph, that a lot of people, too many people, spend more than they earn. And it's like, now, maybe like, 50, 60 years ago, if I'd even made that statement, a lot of people spend more than they earn, people would be like, huh, how's that even possible? What do you mean spend more than you earn? My parents would have, they'd be like, I don't think that's, I don't think you can. I mean, you can rob a bank maybe. Uh, but today, 2022, doing this is easier than ever in the history of our planet made possible by lenders offering us access to money that we haven't earned. Let me, let me say that again, because it sounds a bit like, huh? Lenders giving us access to money that we haven't earned, which there's a name for it, consumer debt. This approach, I call this, all gas, no brakes. And, and, and it's often fueled by the cultural notion that our quality of life is hitched to our standard of living. That it's assumed in a lot of uh, aspects of our culture that if we spend more, get newer, better, bigger, shinier, that our quality of life will go up. However, if you use this approach to get newer, bigger, shinier, better, then there's a very real chance that your quality of life will go down. I mean, you'll have newer and shinier sitting in your driveway or in your whatever, your man cave, your home theater, you know, the TV that you can see from the moon. Um, but if you've bought it with money you haven't yet earned, then your quality of life has the potential to go down because with it comes stress, anxiety, how are we gonna pay that? How are we gonna make that payment this month? It actually has the opposite effect. Now, here's the thing. I'm putting myself on the line here. This is one of the only places on the planet you will hear people teach about how this is a bad idea. Visa aren't gonna send you a letter recommending you stop becoming their customer. This, let me put my Captain Obvious hat on, is not God's best. And this is not the pathway to financial freedom. Okay, Captain Obvious hat off. In fact, Solomon, who uh, was the third king of Israel, considered one of the wisest people to have ever lived. And a lot of his sayings and his musings have been captured in a, a book that we now call the book of Proverbs. Let me, let me show you something that he says about this, all right? The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave 
to the lender. Now, I'm aware that at first glance that this just could look like Solomon being hyperbolic, wanting to get a few more clicks on the book of Proverbs. So he uses the word slave and you're like, slave, come on now. I mean, you know, a few reminder letters in the, in the, in the letterbox, a, a follow-up email, a text message saying that your credit card's overdue. I mean, come on, it doesn't sound like slave. I mean, I just delete that stuff. Well, here's the thing about slaves. Slaves have no options. Slaves have no choices. In fact, the very job description of a slave is you do what you're told, when you're told, how you're told, like it or not. And Solomon's making the point that if you're borrowing money, that the lender treats you the exact same way. The reason your credit card provider, the reason your bank, the reason that financial institution is sending you follow-up stuff is because they're telling you, even just your statements, they're telling you what to pay, how much to pay, and when to pay, and you have no say in it. That is slavery. So, and we don't just give up our choices, we give up peace, joy, options, opportunities, because we're just on this hamster wheel and, and we don't get off if we're in debt. Now, here's a fun fact. <clears throat> in January 2021, so just over a year ago, the average household consumer debt in Australia, household, consumer debt in Australia was $20,500. Now, consumer debt doesn't include your mortgage, so I'm gonna come back to that in a sec, but this is consumer debt. $20,500. Now, behind your masks, I'm thinking there's probably three reactions going on here right now. Some of you who don't have any consumer debt are thinking, well, someone's got my $20,500. Just doing the math here. Others of you are like, well, we've got some, but it's not 20,500, so you know, I think we're good. And then also someone's got some of it, the balance of ours. And then potentially when I said the average household consumer debt in Australia just over a year ago was $20,500, some of you, your reaction was, is that all? <laughs> As you took a big gulp and thought, oh, hmm. And so while consumer debt is common, it's not God's best. And here's the great news. If that's you, if your consumer debt is currently above zero, you don't have to stay there. You can actually get free of it. And, and here's the deal. If you have consumer debt, my intention today is not to judge you or shame you or guilt you. We're gonna take a lighthearted approach to this, but I wanna ultimately inspire you to, and give you some instruction to how you can actually move beyond that. You can actually move to a place of financial freedom. And we have people here, I know them because I know their stories, who have gone on this journey, who were in consumer debt and it was common and it was normal and they thought that's just how we live. And then God shone the light on this issue for them and they decided to make some steps. And we're gonna talk about what that might look like for you today if you're in consumer debt. Having said that, that it's possible to get out of financial debt, let, let, me, let me just get to the actual bare bones of this. If you wanna go on that journey, it's going to take some work. It's going to take some sacrifice. 
Here's one, it's going to take some lifestyle changes because the sorts of habits that get us into consumer debt will not be the same habits that will get us out of consumer debt. If nothing changes, guess what? Nothing changes. So, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's easier to slide down a mountain than it is to climb back up, but it's possible. Now, let me define consumer debt. This, this won't come as a shock to anybody, I'm just, but I'm just gonna, for the sake of uh, getting clarity on this, doesn't include your mortgage, okay? Let me just go back to that again. But here's, here's the, the, the usual suspects that comprise consumer debt. He, heard of any of these? Uh, credit card, personal loan, store card, student loan. Here's one of the newer usual suspects, payday loans. I asked the internet, I typed in this week, payday loans, just to see what, I just wonder what's gonna come up. And, and like fifth on the search result, the banner said this, as for a payday loan. And by the way, if you don't know what a, pay, a payday loan is, is, is a provider that will give you between kind of like 500 bucks to about 1500 bucks, typically within one hour of you submitting your application. Here's the headline of one of those companies. Payday loan, a quick solution. Didn't have in the fine print and a long-term problem. Nope, just a quick solution. Oh yeah. And then this is, this is one of the newer uh, ones. Buy now, pay later. Which by the way, those of you that are over 45, let me share something with you. One of the buy now, pay later companies is called lay by, which is absolutely not what lay by is. Anyway, my mum would have been proud of me for pointing that out. But here's what consumer debt does. Consumer debt simply postpones your problems and actually creates them, but postpones them. You don't have to deal with them on that day while giving us what we want immediately. Solves one problem, creates another. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I like to educate myself and I'm a little bit of a curious sort. So I typed into the internet this week, uh, just, just looking at like, you know, credit cards pretty common, buy now, pay later is pretty common, increasingly common. Uh, and so I just typed in, which is better? And I'm sort of asking like, you know, in terms of penalties and interest rates and what affects your credit rating, all that. So I just thought, like, which is better, credit card or buy now, pay later? You know what the answer is? Well, I'm gonna tell you, because it's a dumb question. The question is, can I afford this? That's the wise question. So you're not even having to worry about credit card or buy now, pay later. So I didn't read the answer. I did read the answer. But you, now you can ask the internet, it's free. But anyway, the point is, those are choices between bad and worse. We're liking the idea of choosing good and better and wise. In fact, here's one for you. If you're, if you're in the habit of spending more than you earn, you just need to have it now. I mean, problems are gonna come later, but I need it now. I don't have the money for it, but I'm gonna get it anyway. Uh, here's something I wanna just emblazon on your brain. Think of it this way. Debt stands for, and here it comes, don't even buy that. If the answer to the question, do I have the money for this, 
is no, then my sound advice to you is your next step is debt. Don't even buy that. Now, I mentioned that we, we get caught up in the trap of spending more than we earn and, and getting into consumer debt because we're a bit impatient sometimes, right? But here's the one that flies a little bit under the radar. I mean, that's a bit obvious. You know, I want it now. You know, Freddie Mercury rules. Uh, but, um, thank you, Reese. But uh, here's one that's a little bit less obvious is an entitlement mentality, which has crept into our zeitgeist. And it, and it actually rears its ugly head in a lot of ways, but one of the ways it rears its head is that people tell themselves, I deserve this. I work hard. I don't have the money for it, but I deserve it. Or if you grew up without much stuff, you know, your family weren't people of great means or whatever, you might say to yourself, well, you know, that was my parents, but I'm not gonna live like that anymore. And so, so I just want to, anyway, double click on that. So let's move into some of the practical ways out of debt. Now, one of our gurus and someone that I personally use and recommend, I'm not giving financial advice today, okay? But I'm going to point to someone who does. And if it doesn't work for you, take it up with him. Uh, Dave Ramsey. Now, Dave Ramsey, Jesus follower, prominent leader, um, and his his one of his main kind of focal points is helping people manage finances in a way that God lays it out. So for people who have some consumer debt, he's created uh, seven, what he calls seven baby steps. Now you can go to his website, daveramsey.com. It's free. You go to find seven baby steps. They're all there. He starts here, step one. And I taught on this last week. Step one, even while you have consumer debt, just pay the minimum to the consumer debt, just the minimum while you carve out some margin. Again, it's gonna take some sacrifice. It's gonna take some hard work. It's gonna take some lifestyle change, but it's possible. Create a $1,000 emergency fund. That's for when it breaks. And you know what the, you know the $1,000 emergency fund is? It's your very own payday loan. When it breaks, you ask yourself, for a loan within an hour and it comes to you from your bank account interest free. Hello. Genius, right? I know. Thank you. Now, step three, he talks about having a more, a larger, more robust emergency fund. This isn't for when it breaks, the hot water system, the, 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 the car tire explodes. No, this is for when life explodes. This is for when you lose your job. This is for when the business starts to go through a difficult period. This is for when your health unexpectedly takes a turn for the worse and you and your family and your household have a runway of three to six months, which means you don't have to have the stress on top of the other circumstances. You don't have to have so many unknowns. You don't have to take so many risks. You don't have to have the, the anxiety and everything that comes with that. Super, super wise. So that's step one and step three. I talked about that last week. Step two, if you're curious, guess what? Lands in between step one and three. And it goes like this. Pay off all debts except your house. Pay off all debts, except your house. In other words, pay off all consumer debts, right? 
there's two broad schools in how to do this. One, one school, well, sorry, let me, let me zoom out a little bit. Starting point is to list out your consumer debts. It's like, well, that's gonna be painful. Yeah, sure, fine, great, grow up. It's gonna be painful. List them out. Every single one of them, list out all of your credit card debts, your store card debts, your outstanding balance on personal loans, etc. List them out. Who I owe and how much I owe. And you can also add up the interest rate on the end on your little spreadsheet. Can be helpful, doesn't necessarily have to be there. But list them out. Now, there's two schools of thought on then how to tackle them. Because at that point you declare war. Step two, I'm declaring war on our consumer debts, all right? List them out. Now, prioritize them. One school of thought recommends that we prioritize them. The first one we tackle is the one with the highest interest rate. So list your debts in order from highest interest rate to lowest interest rate, regardless of the balance, because the one that's the highest interest rate is the one you're obviously paying the most interest on. Dave Ramsey, in contrast to that, recommends that people list them out from smallest amount through to largest amount. And he calls it the debt snowball. And what he recommends is, let's say you've got five on your list. Numbers two, three, four, and five, just keep paying the minimum amount. But number one, go bonkers on that one. Like pay extra. And because it's the smallest amount, it's gonna be the one that's the most achievable to draw a line through to take to zero and delete. And what that approach recognizes is the psychology of that, is that you've created a win. You've said to yourself, all right, okay. I didn't think I was any good with money, but I've already, I had five debts, now I've only got four. I can take that same, not just that same money, I can now take that same momentum and Tackle number two and pay extra on number two and keep going. Now you can go to his website, find it all above that. We use and recommend or have used and do recommend Dave Ramsey's debt snowball approach. That's there for you. Now, here's one thing I wanna finish today and finish this series with. And some of you, I don't know if, 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 if this is gonna be news to you, maybe it is. Let me, let me show you something. Let me show you something from Deuteronomy. Now, Deuteronomy is one of the first five books of the Bible. Um, and uh, let, me, let me show you something that God said to the people of Israel. Let, now, check this out. <clears throat> Are we ready? At the end of every seventh year, cancel all debts. Hello. This is, this is God speaking to the lenders, not the borrowers. This is the procedure. Everyone who has lent money to a neighbor writes it off. You must not press your neighbor or his brother for payment. All debts are canceled. God says so. All right. So back then there was no 25 year loan, 30 year loans, no, seven. And if at the end of the seven, you still owed some, your lender said, that's all right, don't worry about it. And you got a hard reset. Back to zero. How good is that? Probably important that I point out that you shouldn't screenshot this and send it to your credit card provider tomorrow. So I don't think it's gonna have much 
traction. Yeah, I know we've uh, had this credit card debt for 11 years now, but uh, my pastor said to me yesterday that uh, God says you're meant to write it up after seven years. So uh, how about it? This was a very specific instruction (laughs) spoken by God to a very specific group of people, the Israelites, who were lending money to other Israelites. And this only applies to them in its raw form. So surrender the fantasy. Sorry about that. It's like he dangled the carrot and then he took it away. But there is two takeaways from this. Number one, how about you use this principle to cancel your own debt? How about you, like some people have debt that's hung around so long, it gets a Christmas present. And if that's the case, how about you set a time goal, a faith goal, that within the next X, depending on the amount, you know, I mean, you've got to be sort of somewhat realistic, but set a stretch goal and then work backwards. Cancel your own debt. Be the one that says within, and I'll say seven years, but it doesn't have to be seven years, but the principle is that you can, and I strongly recommend canceling your own debt. That's the the first takeaway. The second takeaway is is, is much less obvious. The reason that God because this, this actually sounds a little bit unfair. I mean, the lender in this equation is actually getting ripped off, right? It's like, yeah, but they owe me money. And God's saying, too bad. Toughen up, princess. It's not coming. The, the reason this, God was able to say this without a great deal of pushback from the Israelites is that the culture was such, in this setting, the culture was such that people wouldn't even apply for a loan without first having calculated their own ability to repay it within seven years. In other words, it wasn't actually a financial issue for them, it was an integrity issue for them. It's it's the borrower would would approach the lender and say, can I borrow this from you and you have my word that I will pay it back within seven years. And the lender would say, great, I, I, I respect your integrity and I therefore have the confidence to lend that to you knowing that you'd pay it back within the seven years. And so therefore, if at the end of seven years there was still a balance outstanding, it was assumed that something unfortunate must have happened to the borrower's circumstances. And so this wasn't an act of finances, this was an act of compassion that God was asking from the lender. And so the takeaway, the the other takeaway, cancel your own debt, set a time goal. The other takeaway from this is have the integrity to not borrow money that you don't have. Have the integrity to not put yourself in a place, your household, your, 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 your marriage, your family, in a place where you're taking on debt that you aren't sure that you can repay that will be a game changer. And here's the final thought as well as we, as we close out this series. Uh, as and when, uh, as and when you, 
and I, I sincerely hope that if you are in consumer debt, that this is gonna be like the leverage to get that debt snowball rolling. Uh, when you get out of debt, make it your own solid commitment to not get back into debt because the lenders will still be there with their hands wide open. Um, and yet, if you're getting off the hamster wheel, make the commitment to not jump back on, to not just get financially free, but to live financially free. And, and you know what this will do? Not only will it revolutionize your life, it'll change the next generation in your lineage. Because some, some of you were like, well, my parents were always in debt and I just thought it was normal, so I'm always in debt. My parents were lousy with money, so I'm lousy with money and I just figured that's just how it's gonna be for my life and it doesn't have to be that way. And then there's another super interesting dynamic. Some of our crew who have in years gone past progressed from consumer debt to financial freedom, they're getting approached by their friends and family for tips and tricks. <laughs> Because consumer debt's not a Jesus follower issue. It's a people issue. It's not just Christians that get into consumer debt. And the principles of getting out of consumer debt don't just apply to Jesus followers. They apply to anybody in consumer debt. And so, you, so God can use you and your experience and your journey and the wisdom and the discipline and the lessons that you've learned and you've executed and you've proven. Like you're like, you're the satisfied customer in this arrangement to actually help others in your sphere of influence as well, which is so incredibly powerful as a way of God using us uh, in that. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.